Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. And welcome into Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. My name is Noah Phillips. The man to my right is Griggs Blankenberg. The man in front of me is Ben McClurkin. And I'm sorry, boys. I was almost late today as a manhole cover came out of the ground and almost ripped my car apart. I could not believe it. You'd be surprised that actually happened to someone else, too. That did happen to someone else. Funny Funny you you say say that. that. But yes, welcome back everyone. Smooth Operators right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Griggs, Noah, and Ben going through all the coverage of Formula 1. And boys, we previewed it on our Twitter or X page at SMOP Podcast. If you do feel so inclined, please give us out. Check us out. Give us a follow. But this could be the most crazy show we've done yet. This will be the first show oh boy. that we have ever done on a whole entire preview of a race. Let's, We're talking about the Las Vegas Grand Prix. This is the most right I've listed the most looking forward to of a show that I've been since last March when we had Formula One back after months of talking about liveries and stuff. Yeah, let's get into let's it. Let's get right into it. So, if you were not watching last night in FP1 for about, they went up for about five or so minutes. Ten. Ten minutes exact. or so. It was about, okay, to be exact, the broadcast was running for 18 minutes. The actual on-track action had gone on until the 50-minute mark. So 10 minutes. So 10 minutes. Until Carlos Sainz driving his Ferrari down the, uh, was that the straight? I think it was. Yes, it was. Well, down the straight. Down the strip. Down the strip. You. Sucks up a manhole cover with the force underneath his Ferrari that had been cemented into the ground, causing a very um, bad amount of damage to the bottom of the Ferrari, causing FP1 to be, the session to be retired Entirely after the red after the red flag had been issued, and so no FP1 had happened. And Science also after that was handed a ten place grid penalty after the practice incident, which I think is we can start there for a second is egregious. That wow, why yeah. in the world is he getting punished for that? I know they have to do they have certain allotments for parts, but that is ridiculous. I mean, this is Formula One's first ever event where they have done everything from the marketing to the track construction, everything. This was supposed to be the test run. <laughs> To see if they can do that more in the future, but ten place grid penalty for that. Yeah, oh, I, huh. I think it's personally ridiculous to penalize him. Now, I also think it's ridiculous for people on the other side of the fence to say F one should pay Ferrari for the damage. Like, okay, it's 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 happened before. They should, and they should pay me for my emotional damage that this caused at twelve p.m. at night. I could not sleep. Oh, yeah, I. Uh, no, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, Ben. The fact that I, yes, I don't think F1 should have to pay for that. However, I don't think they should also be he should be handed a ten place grid penalty. I agree. Well. I, think, I totally agree. I think the Ferrari should appeal that. That's that's a sane opinion there. I, I think I think it's best that they don't penalize him for something that he didn't do. You know, uh, um, how was he supposed to know the manhole cover will be sucked up by the force of the Ferrari? Yeah, and, and to be fair, it actually wasn't the Ferrari that picked up the manhole cover. It was actually the Alpine, which suffered the initial floor damage. But it's also because the cars are running so low to the ground that actually when they bottom out in that area, they're taking pieces of the concrete that had been um, used and taking pieces of the welding um, material that had been used and scraping that off until 
there wasn't anything left. And I think it all it took was, you know, one or two incidents of somebody going 190 miles an hour over a pothole, essentially, is what it is. It's a patched pothole uh, to cause some serious damage to an F1 car that runs inches, if not millimeters, above the ground. So, I mean, it's it's been seen before. It happened in Baku. Um, and I think in Monaco it's happened recently um, that, that, you know, street street surfacing has been influenced by an F1 car's aerodynamics. But nothing to this extent. Because, again, we are in a ground effect era. The cars are also running much more stiff suspension than they have been because you need to have the stiffest suspension possible in order to maximize your ground effect. So, yeah. Looking more at what ESPN.com by Reuters is talking about, um, the the stewards turned down the team's request for penalty three repairs because they said they were obliged to apply the regulations as written, set by kind of what they did with, with what happened last year with all the regulations with Red Bull and stuff. Yeah. They said the stewards note. Uh, the stewards said the stewards note that if they had the authority to grant a derogation in what they consider in this case to be mitigating unusual and unfortunate circumstances, they would have done so. They said, however, the regulations do not allow such action. The Ferrari's survival cell ener- engine, energy store, and control electrons are all damaged beyond repair. The drivers are allowed two energy stores for the season, and Science will now be on his third, which triggered the automatic ten place penalty. Yeah. So, and I'm. I'm looking at the photo here. You can see a large piece of the metal of the actual physical manhole cover. It's not a manhole technically. It's a water drain. It's it's a very small, about about eight or nine inches in diameter. It's not large, but it's it's large enough to need to be welded shut, obviously. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the image here, and you can see clear damage to both the weld and the actual metal itself. It looks like it's been cut away clean by the impact, but they also did have to cut it out. So, um, yeah. Daylight. (laughs) It's also weird with um, how free practice has worked with um, driver briefing and, like, the day-night cycle. So they finished at 5 a.m. local time, um, and then they had a briefing immediately after, which lasted an hour. So they are headed back to the hotel at six in the morning. As the sun's coming up, they're they're going back to bed. And at which would, would so mess me up would be at ten p.m. Central Standard Time, which would be eight p.m. Pacific Standard Time. They will be racing again. So not, I mean, they'll get enough sleep probably, but still, yeah. that will throw them off. Or, I mean, I mean, they have to be used to it at this point for certain places where they race. I mean, like. They're going to Australia two weeks after they uh, a week after they go to like Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they got time to. Yeah, I don't know. Also, not to mention, it's now. I believe it's raining, <laughs> very very hard. <laughs> oh yeah, it's. It, they thought it was going to rain like last week. Las Vegas locally was talking about the fact that it's going to look very beautiful if they actually read the uh, cars race, but it's. Probably going to lead to more damage of uh, the Las Vegas Strip. Which we will get to our letter, Noah and Griggs' weather report We will. We later will get to that. We show. will. But we will have that ready. But, hmm. I don't know, Noah, as our resident Pranting Horses fan, how do you feel about this? As hmm. someone who also loves Las Vegas. I'm upset, man. Really? Mm. I, am, I am so very upset. Um, gr- 
Ben's over here calling me a fake fan in the group chat. Okay, I said that because you're dissing on a livery that's that's like it's not red enough. It's from it's the not red enough. It's bro. an homage to the time when they won. You, then, you can't talk well about then, the mid 2000s. But, but then what happened? No, I'm talking about the 70s but when then, they won. But then what happened? Four constructors ben, champions. Ben, but then what happened? Then what happened? They started putting more red on the car, and then they became no, we dog. A, no, and then we decided to put white on the car, and we sucked up a manhole. How I do you mean, even do that? That's the that's the circuit's fault. I, I don't know why your superstition is getting in the way of enjoying a beautiful livery. But that said... Not red enough. It's not red enough. Who it's knows? not red enough. Also, and also, F1 has hurt my feelings. How dare they not lock down a manhole cover or do something different? They could have raced in the in the actual desert part. They didn't have to race on the strip. They could have built something out there. They could have went to the Las Vegas uh, Motor Speedway. That's a great... Uh, track out there they could have done something with that but no they decided to race on the strip it's going to look beautiful it may only have five people in it by the time f1's done and the hotels may only have 47 percent occupancy but gosh it is going to look cool if they would have not had a manhole cover go up and been a complete embarrassment for the sport and for the state of motorsports in general yeah and i i, I think it's probably worse that um, that the fan experience has been so, so much al- maligned. Um, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll talk about more like how this kind of like in the next segment, so we yeah. have more time on that. But but like, I, I'm just gonna say real quick, I, I I do feel genuinely horrible for the people that spent over five thousand dollars to get there. Yeah, they took my spot there. Yeah, I know. Griggs Griggs totally could have made that work, but <laughs> we would have. I would have. Me and Joey would have found a way. Maybe. Alas, I don't know. Alas, so it goes. Alas, so it didn't. But, like, I mean, with the practice session, too, I mean, we t- we can talk about that for a second. The practice yeah. session, too, starting 2.30 a.m. local time, fans were had to be removed from the race at 1.30 in the morning after four and a half hours of waiting in cold temperatures. The remaining fans were told to leave the circuit as labor laws meant security workers could no longer staff the fan areas. Yeah. So the labor laws triggered into effect. Um, Stupid OSHA. They also, the hospitality units above the pit straight where weekend passes had sold for $50,000 for the event were also emptied with the lights switched off by the time <laughs> the session got underway. The bizarre spectacle of 24 in the one car circling an empty city in the middle of the night ensued with Charles Leclerc, Ferrari Charles Leclerc, saying the fast time ahead of teammate Science and Fernando Alonso's Aston Martin in a relatively uneventful session. Second practice came to an end at 4 a.m. with the circuits organizers immediately getting to work with the reopening of sections of the circuit to public traffic. Yep. So, with that, you know, Ferrari actually has pace this weekend, which is huge true. Which is very, very important. McLaren actually might struggle here, um, and I'll tell you they why. They should, and I'll tell you why briefly in, in, in the little bit of time that I've got. They make a car that has so much downforce that it needs to run the smallest rear wing imaginable in order to be effective on this track. But here's the thing. Things are going to get sketchy, and I'll get more into that with predictions. But I will say, this track, if it rains, it's going to be dangerous. Um, it, it's there's there is a an area where the tires are going to be as cool as possible when you're braking as hard as you can, and that's down the strip into that very very tight left hander. That's going to be tough. Um, and again, I'll get more into that with predictions. But I just I wanted to get that out there. It's going to be, it could be absolutely disastrous if. If you have something like uh, an incident, an accident in that area, because I doubt they'll be able to slow down early. 
and that opening lap could be total chaos. Or it could be great. We'll see. Or uh, you could have another manhole cover or something of the same sense be sucked up again. Maybe you have some casino chips raining down from the uh, top of the structure there at Bellagio or something like that. Maybe they suck those up Good and job. get even more damage. I, I just – Go back to what we were talking about. Yeah, beginning of this segment. I totally wonder. I don't, wandered, I don't get how that happens. Yeah, I don't. I don't get how you don't like have something over that or what. It's just. Yeah. How All do right. you? How three do you, three minute explanation. Can I? May I? Yeah. What? You have like a minute and a half. Okay, minute and a half. So basically, what happens is, is the car is a giant vacuum cleaner that's moving along through the air. Um, because of the way the cars are built, the air f- travels in under the floor. And then it's sucked up and through a diffuser and pushed out the back. So what you have is a suction effect. When you drive really fast, it has very, very strong suction, strong enough that theoretically you could drive the car on the roof of a tunnel. Like you could theoretically drive it upside down because the downforce on the car is so strong. Um, So what you have is you have two and a half tons of suction pulling up, you know, an eight inch piece of steel. That's not going to be very hard and it can easily happen. So that's kind of what went down. Yeah. Uh, you know who else knows that? Formula One, the people that built the track. Yeah, that's kind of interesting that they overlooked that small fact. And you, have They been, were welded down. They were welded. They well, were welded. you got to do more than that, man. Yeah, like, you got to test it with like a crane or something. Like I said earlier, that's just a whole embarrassment for the sport yeah. when you go into this new market that you have been hyping up all year on your socials, on interviews, uh, on your commercials, everything like that, that you're going to Las Vegas yeah. and it's going to be great. You're going to be racing under the glitz and glamour, and the only glitz and glamour you can make is the sparks from a manhole cover hitting one of the bottoms of your Can I real quick say something sane? 15 seconds. Okay, so uh, the reason that they overlooked this is because they had to complete it as fast as possible and as last minute as possible because that's on the Las Vegas Strip. So that's the busiest road in the entire city, and so they had to do it late at night. Um, probably while everyone's exhausted and they also had to do it while the roads are closed and they had to have those closed for as little time as possible. So you have this great inconvenience and you're in a hurry to finish a track that you started building less than a year ago. So it obviously is going to cause some problems. Yeah. And with that, we're going to head to our first break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Is is it really going to be all worth it in the end? We're going to give the facts and the stats from what we got. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Smooth Operators Podcast. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin, joining alongside me. It's Griggs Blankenberg and Noah Phillips. And guys, let me just say, as as heated as I got a moment ago, I, I, I really do think that Vegas has... Stop waffling. Vegas has potential to be a total disaster or an absolute triumph. There's no middle ground here. There's no middle ground. Either the race is going to be brilliant, the the gym in the crown of the F1 season, or it's going to be horrible. There's no in between. There really isn't. And it's it's crazy to see all of the financials involved, like the amount of money that they spent on building the circuit, the amount of money that the tickets cost 
the amount of money that the tickets are dropping. And Griggs, you got all the stats, man. Hit me with those. I got the stats. Give me I was the about facts, to say that. Brother. So this is from frontofficesports.com. Check them out. It's a great site if you do feel so inclined. By David Executive Rumsey. Sports website. They're awesome. Uh, David Rumsey. Uh, F1 commits to launch in Vegas presence with multi-year plan. Uh, with a 10-year contract in place to race in Sin City through 2032 and an estimated $500 million spent on creating a permanent paddock. F1's intentions are crystal clear. Um, wait, let me see. Uh, but while F1 is bullish on its Vegas future, getting to this point hasn't been easy. Local disruption has been so great that Greg Maffey, president and CEO of F1 owner Liberty Media, apologized to residents for the major construction inconveniences. Prager points out that future iterations could be easier, as F1 won't be completely revamping the strip every year. And the biggest critic of this event so far, had, from a driver's standpoint, has been Mr. Max Verstappen. Oh, my goodness. Which has been crazy. He Ooh. has come out and quoted and saying, The scenery will look great driving through the strip, but the layout itself is not the most exciting. And he also noted the race is, I think, the biggest point we're going to talk about here, 99% show and 1% sporting event. He said that, I believe, after Wednesday night's opening ceremonies, which I watched. if it was anything like Miami's. I watched. It ben, was... do you have your opinion on it? Yeah. Yeah. There was like four acts that did one song, and then all the drivers popped up out of these like tower-looking things with all these LED lights. How many wheel, how many wheel knowers do you think were there? Uh. I don't know. The drivers? Yeah. That's about it. The drivers, the crew, and the principals. It looked like the uh, Hunger Games, didn't it? A little bit, from, yeah. From what I saw. And yeah. and they just kind of stood there. It was very awkward. One thing that I did notice, though, uh, Alfa, I didn't know Alfa Romeo has a stake uh, partnership. Oh, that's like their, they do, yeah. that's their I, I, title. I, I've that's never, their title sponsor. I've never realized that until uh, I saw them on the... In the box, I was like, "Oh, yeah." When they when they lost when they lost Orlin last year, Steak became their title sponsor, and so Steak Poker Stars does Red does Bull. Red Bull. There's a lot, uh, there's a lot of game. There's a lot of skin in yeah, this game over. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Aston Martin has their their um, gambling sponsorship as well. Their sports betting. It's like, and then there's somebody sponsored by like Bet.io. Um. Anywho, there's a lot of them, and I gotta say though. While we're on Alfa Romeo, that that livery is beautiful. <laughs> it's really cool. Should the black and the, yeah, probably. There's a little red. It's it kind of reminds me of the uh, rich energy Haas, you know. Oh yeah, the black and gold baby. Oh yeah, maybe maybe less cursed. The most infamous livery. I mean, yeah, they kind of ruined black and gold for everybody because now it's just associated with corruption. But um. It, it yeah it's it's pretty cool. A lot of teams rolling out special liveries. Um, McLaren with their warning label car coming back with their uh, for the United States as always. We love it. Um, we don't. Uh, <laughs> there's a uh, Red Bull has um, images of the strip. Williams has the entire Welcome to Las Vegas sign plastered on the back of their car, which is something else, man. Something else. I I'm normally I'm normally a fan of special liveries, but this this is kind of on the fringes of tacky in terms of livery. But the Ferrari one, ooh, so pretty, man! I can't stop talking about it. I love it. I love it. Who showed you it? Uh, I saw it. When? Last week. Yeah, because I showed you it live on the show last week. Yeah, and I I still love it. Also, um, did y'all watch any of the press conference? That was happening during when practice two was supposed to go on. No, I was sound asleep. I should have been, um, 
but Toto got absolutely heated. Um, and I, and I'm not really sure why. Basically, what he said was, it, it, you have the nerve to call this incident a black eye on the entire weekend when you haven't seen anything yet. You don't know how much work they put in and like went on a tirade against the press. The press, I'll be, to be fair, the press was being very, very harsh on all of them. Good. Good. You oh, let yeah. you had a Damn. manhole cover part come press. out of the ground. Sorry. The 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 invited uh media, I'll say that, was very hard on them. They asked some interesting questions. So they asked James Vowles, the team principal of Williams, if he'd be interested in seeing GM join F one. Obviously, GM signed a letter of intent to partner with Andretti. Um, and they were trying to catch him in that. So they were like, You think GM would be good for the sport? And he's like uh, not for not if they're with Andretti, that'd be terrible for us. But he then was like, "Another in- engine manufacturer is good for everybody." So it's like, pick a side, man. You know, I, if you if you want GM, you're gonna have to have Andretti. There's no two ways around it, right? You can't have GM supplying engines in order to rival Ford and Red Bull because Ford and Red Bull is associated with a team. You can't just have a power unit manufacturer right now without a team backing, or at least that's what GM is made it clear that that's that's their intent so I, there was that and then there was um people asking fred if they thought fred Vassor, the ferrari team principal if they thought that ferrari should get compensated for the damage and he was like i mean you can make a generous donation because <laughs> i don't think we're getting it from the fia which was funny so he's out there out there wheeling and dealing for for the the boys in red um and just other other like really brutal questions to ask in an in-between time when there's like, so you're supposed to just be stalling, but these guys are just, the, the press was holding no punches on, on the principles. Uh, so that was, that was entertaining to watch for a little bit. And then when they started practice too, I was like, here we go. And then we sat for like five minutes. I am really happy though, that they, you know, gave them a hard time because another thing that I'm mad about about this Grand Prix right now. Noah's upset, by the I way. I am very upset. We we talked about it earlier on. Yeah. About how um the nice the fans were kicked out of this of the uh area. Yeah. So somebody on Twitter mentioned that they went to the merch table. Yeah. And a Ferrari hoodie was one hundred and eighty dollars. Wow. He, they then went on to look at different prices at different motorsports events. You can go to a four-day, you can get a four-day pass with the garage ticket for $115 at the Rolex 24. You want to explain to me how you're going to Vegas I'd so and go charging to, almost I'd, $200? I would so go to Daytona over Vegas. I, and I think, I think this is going to be good. This might sound really bad as a host of a Formula One podcast, but this is going to be really good for other motorsports because the more inaccessible Formula One gets, the more exactly, which the means- more realistic and tangible the other leagues get. And I mean, I love all motorsports, but if F one really wants to play up their their money and their their richness, people are going to lose connection to it because what what drew me to the sport originally was just how brutal it was. And like how how hard everything is, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm excited that cars are driving down the Las Vegas Strip. That's interesting. It's cool that they're going around the dome. That's neat. But 
like if I want to watch actual racing, I don't know how reliable that's going to be in the next 10 years at the end of Las Vegas' contract. My thing is, you can put on a great show. Sure. You know, and they're trying to get into the American market. Uh, Liberty is, Formula I, One is. Yeah. They are attempting very, very hard to get into that American market and stay there. Yeah. Because they know how profitable uh, American sports leagues are and how... In Vegas, too. It's a bottomless pit of money. They know how uh, big that American market, especially the TV market, is. Um, and they're continuously trying to get into it, but at the same time, they are just laughing in the face of the fans that are paying money to get there and uh, getting tickets. Right now, the hotel, I think I brought it up earlier, but the hotels are only 43% full. Yeah. My thing that you're talking about investing in motorsports, just that means it, make, it puts a smile on my face to see that, like, we could still see NASCAR go back to Dallas Motor Speedway. That would it make me so happy. It always makes me so happy to see that be I a love, possibility. I love the authenticity um, aspect of motorsports, and I feel like some of that's been lost on F1 because they're trying to grow the American market, but frankly, I sometimes feel insulted by how how they're choosing to go about it because it's not in a way that appeals to Americans. Like, we genuinely are not... I, I feel like we're... We, we get we often get a bad rep for being materialistic, right? A lot of people say that as a stereotype. Oh, Americans and their stuff. You know, that's that's great. That's good for you if you think that. We're not we're not like that. At least from my my experience, and I just don't think that taking an over the top materialistic approach to promoting races is the way to do it. I think you need to sell racing, not the race. If that makes sense. Correct and. You know, if F1 wants to sell prestige and sell their richness of the sport, that yeah, then could be a great calling card. Do that. But do that. you can't. Say this is the top flight of motorsport where the drivers are at the pinnacle of their power and you're driving the most advanced vehicles known to man and then have it at the most difficult and challenging tracks imaginable. Like Spa. Spa's a great track. And I, I, I'm genuinely excited every year for Spa, even though it may or may not be a title desire, even though it may or may not even be crucial to the calendar. As long as that track is on there, I know that the drivers are going to be pushed and challenged and push each other. If you have a one and a half mile long straight, I mean, it's not actually, but you know, if you have a straight that you drive down for 40 seconds and you you have DRS to get rid of any kind of benefit gain from a slipstream, like what's the point? Why would you make a track that has a DRS train if you have a system that's in place for tracks with shorter straights that would allow cars to get ahead? Why not get rid of if you want to make Vegas interesting, get rid of DRS. I I, I won't go that your, far just because it's show a your hand. Thing. Show your hand, F one. If you if you care about racing, then act on it. But if you care about the show, then make it a show. If you want if you want people to get speed boosts going down the straights. Need NOS. NOS. DRS is NOS. It's accountable for more 15 NOS. miles an hour of top speed. You get a limited there. number of NOS, and you can use in a race. That's well, what they have. That they have that in IndyCar, basically. But no, we need they NOS have, in it. They have restricted fuel consumption, and then you can use extra fuel to get more power. All right, no, it looks one, like he's got one, more thing, thing to say. Thing. Oh, oh, gosh. I'm, you you oh. brought up, you know, if you want to be a show, be a show. Yeah. In order to be a show, I'm not going to watch the show. I'm going to watch the race. In order to be, well, show gets money. Or no, it doesn't. People watch wrestling. And they don't fill up houses. People love ROH and all that stuff because uh, it's underground and it has great matches. They weren't filling out uh, houses based on a 
match alone. You have to have yeah. a little bit of a show but, to get those people in the door and make it profitable to the point where those races can even become grander and for higher stakes. But it's like comparing the AEW to the MMA and calling them the same sport. Yeah, but you have it's to... It's not the same thing anymore. It, it's not you the lose, same thing, You lose correct. the authenticity of it's, fighting when you get caught up in the show. It's not the same thing, but you got to have a little, bit, a little bit of it, and you have to treat that little bit of it with respect, and of you course. can't just throw people out of the paddock club no. or have a manhole cover come exactly. out of the ground. Exactly. And with that, that's going to be the end of our talk on is the, about the Las Vegas Grand Prix. But when we come back, it's more about Las Vegas, baby. It's time for our picks, and, or it's time for our preview of the track, and then later on, time for our picks and preview. You. So do not go anywhere. More F1 talk is coming your way right here. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. As Jerry Reed once said, when you're hot, you're hot. And when you're not, you're not. F1 may not be so hot right now. They are not rolling sevens over in Las Vegas, but we got to preview this track and preview what is going to happen. Not predictions yet, but we're going to tell you how this one's going to go off. Greg, give me some statistics. So, yes, so this is the first ever race, as we've already talked about, at the Las Vegas Strip. It's, as Noah, I don't know what he's doing right now, but it's the Formula One Heineken Silver Las Vegas Grand Prix 2023 in Las Vegas, Nevada, Bobby. How was that, Noah? That was pretty good. Thank you. I personally think. Las Vegas, Bobby. That was was terrible. But that's okay. Just keep going. Leave it, Bobby. All right, but the Las <laughs> it, it is at the Las Vegas Strip Circuit that will probably be named from a sponsor in the next coming years. But it is the first Grand Prix held there, of course. 50 laps with a circuit length of 6.201 kilometers, 310.05 kilometers for the entire race. We got 17 turns, and we have, I believe, the longest straight in Formula One, Ben. Yes, no? Second longest. After which one again, Miami? Baku. Baku. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, Baku. But, yes, it is our first race here at the Las Vegas circuit. But, Ben. Yep. Las Vegas. Yep. Um, I'd like to say that I set a 136 in the F1 game, which is what they were lapping in practice. Get, get Ben out there. Yep. No. Get Absolutely not. I was doing it on a controller with ideal circumstances. It was during the they, daytime. They have a wheel, which some would say is easier to use than a controller. I've never used a wheel, so I wouldn't know. I'd mm. like to know, but I don't. Um. The track is cold. It's new. There's no support races, so there's no rubber being laid down in between practice sessions. So, basically, it's Bambi on ice out there. It's it's uh, it sounds like a nightmare to drive personally. Um, and and I I'm surprised that the drivers are handling it so well, but that just shows how good they are. Um. At the end of that super long straight down the Las Vegas Strip, there's a heavy, heavy braking zone. But at that point, like I said earlier, the tires will be completely cold, um, which is going to make that first lap action be especially good or bad. You could have you could have another Australia incident where you have you know three red flags. But we'll see. If there is three red flags, I personally <laughs> will tune out after the second one. Um, I man, it, it's it's hard to be so downcast about a new race um but here's the thing there's a lot of things that i'm very excited about with this race 
Um, I think we'll see a strong performance from some underdogs. Um, Williams has been looking very good this weekend. I think Logan Sargent is on track for more points. I think yes, they could. America. And I'm not going to get into too many predictions, but I think that they have a shot at double points. I'm not going to say whether or not that will be what I predict. But um, there's there's a lot going on. High-speed corners, that, that final corner is taken completely flat out into um, turn one, which is – that's exciting, I guess. Um, chicanes are tough. I watched watched turn fourteen. Watch turn fourteen. Um, there's a lot of lockups there during the practice session. Uh, George Russell had a full opposite lock drift. If you watch the highlights back, you can see him doing some doing some drifting around um, turn twelve. Yeah, I think it could be it could be really good. It could turn into a bottleneck real fast, though, if somebody gets out of shape at the start. You could have a mass pile up at at the end of lap one if somebody has contact there because it's so tight and the turn is so tight. People will be setting up for the apex. You'll have somebody if you have somebody sitting on the inside. It could be it could be interesting. Um, and and I think I think we we still have a lot to look forward to in years to come. Um, obviously, the surface will improve over time um i don't know how how will it improve as a street you're only racing on it once a year yeah i don't improve that much that's the thing too with with traditional circuits it's great because they've they've designed the track around being raced on multiple times a year so it's designed for multiple different categories right so uh like the whole you, y'all remember the whole track limits thing, right? In Austria and Coda and all of that, yes. and Haas's appeal. So I'm I'm gonna take a little sidebar here. The Haas, reason two two drivers in, in two and third in FP FP one, no matter how long it was, America they were they were two and three in FP one. But America. but I I wanted to say real quick, um, the whole track limits debate isn't gonna be huge here because you can have a hard and fast track limit on a street circuit that's not a full time a full-time traditional circuit because with, with other tracks, you're kind of limited on the safety of other contestants and other sports. For example, Austria is the host of a MotoGP race. And so they can't just have gravel traps everywhere because, well, that would, that'd be very painful to fall off a bike and go through a gravel trap. But here you can, you can make it as challenging for the F1 drivers as possible and you can design it around F1. Um, so you can, you can, you can target, the areas where you would like to have easily enforced track limits in very, very difficult spots. So that's, I guess, be on the lookout for that. Um, you might have some people dip dip two wheels over the inside of a chicane or two. Might have some people get bounced around on the inside of some corners. Um, well, I don't know if you saw What this. did the track limits thing have to do? Okay, yeah. America. So, so, <laughs> so the track evolution is going to be – based upon whether or not the Porsche Cup F3, um, the uh, the Women's Series for Formula One, um, F2, and all of those support categories get to race there or not. So if you have if you have support categories running in the near future, I could see things going a lot better for um, overall track performance. I still think it's I still have kind of the same complaints as Max does about the circuit and kind of 
Max and Lewis actually agree on something for once. So that was fun to see um, with with their their issues with the circuit. But I think I think seeing a circuit designed in this way has kind of opened my eyes to the challenges of track design because your design criteria are, you know, you got to have a track built on the Las Vegas Strip within a year. And you've got to find some way to put any interest into a city that's designed around a block structure. So all 90 degree turns. And I mean, you know, you don't, you don't have much to work with there, but. Well, hey, they made the uh, curbs have some spades and some diamonds on it. That's they're cool. Qu- they're clearly putting some effort into it. Yeah, that's going to be Couldn't great. Could weld down the manhole covers, but. Noah, um, I-, I know you're still bitter about it. I'm very bitter. It's I'm okay, mad. though. It's okay. I don't Carlos, get how that Carlos becomes gets, a problem. Carlos still gets to race. That's that's okay. After a after a ten place grid penalty, yeah, that, that's, that's because of electronics though. They're not directly responsible for that. They are. They there, totally there. are. If you have a manhole, go through your manhole. Car. It's not a manhole. It's a drain cover. It's that's the it's same a, exact. What thing. Do you, it's the same thing the Ninja Turtles come out of Ben. It's no, on the street. Exactly. Only it, manhole okay, covers dude, are on the, the Ninja, middle of the street. Uh, if, if this is, I'm gonna get so off track here. But if the Ninja Turtles were the size. Of actual turtles, then yeah, they could probably. But go guess in what? And out That's the reason why they're the teenage what bin? Mutant Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Yeah. See, I read so my they case. they can't. Th- exactly. That's Dude, my you you just all, proved my all, point. All they I'm can't s- go in and out of that because all it's I'm so small. All I'm saying with this race is this leads the way for there to be a Detroit Street Circuit in the future. They already did that for F1. They already did again. Again, up it bring again. it, bring back Detroit and Phoenix. F one at Man, North Wilkesboro. Give me, give me Phoenix Street Circuit again. F one at uh, Austin Motor Speedway. Look, if y'all, if y'all Dallas feel so Motor inclined, Speedway. take the time and do some research on the F one Phoenix Street Circuit. It is arguably one of the worst things <laughs> I've ever seen. But now it's time for Gregory and Noah's weather report for yes, the weekend. Thank you. What we do best it is time. Get me so to stop. So the talking. Las Vegas Nevada Grand Prix. So. We've already had the first two practice sessions, which is different because if you people do not remember, um, the this will be this only the fourth or fifth ever night rate uh, Saturday evening race in F1 history. Qualifying is actually tonight, or technically tomorrow here, and technically it's still Saturday. Oh, it's technically sorry, people, it's Saturday as well. So it will be probably one of the first ever days in Formula One where the qualifying session and the race will start in the same exact. It is day. the only time that's ever happened. It's the only time it's ever happened. So tonight, you, good job, Greg. Thank you, man. Well done. That's journalism right there. Yeah. So tonight, it'll be around 52 degrees in the evening, 5-mile-per-hour gusts to the west, 15% chance of rain. And then we're, let's look at Saturday real quickly. So Saturday night, 52 degrees, 9-mile-per-hour winds, 4% chance of rain. So rain will probably not happen. It's probably a good thing they're not going to be racing on Sunday as well. So Sunday during the day. Gusts with winds as high as 20 to 30 miles per hour. Goodness gracious! On that long straight, that could be disastrous. But we're looking at a day with we're looking at a race with not a lot of rain. Per, pro, the temperature should probably be decent for track temperatures as well, especially with people think Las Vegas, they think hot because they think Nevada and they think hot. Yeah, it's about right, but it's not. It's cold because it's the desert. Yeah, I say they think desert and think hot. Reno's cold. Y'all could have went to Reno. F one at Reno. F1 at Reno. You got to have it. Mm, that's true. But that is going to do it for our talk on the circuit. When we come back, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It's time for our picks. Noah, Ben, and I will make our picks for the Las Vegas Grand Prix. So do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up next. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM.
Hello and welcome back into Smooth Operators. Uh, we are just about to get into our predictions for the Formula One sponsor, 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 Las Vegas Grand Prix. Insert sponsor here. Insert sponsor here. Hey, we could do it. Get our money uh, up. No, we would have to get our funny up as well for that we to would. happen. Well. I think we could. I, think. I don't think. I don't think we can go band for band with Heineken. Uh, we can try. It would not go. It would not last long. But yes, it's time for our predictions for the Formula One Heineken Silver Las Vegas Grand Prix 2023. As we normally do, we always start out with our poll prediction. Then we go into a, a normal prediction, one that's not crazy about the podium. Then we get into our wild, insane, crazy predictions, which sometimes are more correct than our. Normal predictions, which is funny. And then we get into, of course, our podium. So let's start it off with pole position on tonight, uh, technically Saturday, pole position. Benward, who's taking pole? Hmm. Give me, wow, surprise, surprise. Give me a Max Verstappen pole. Mm. He seems very upset. He Well, that's usually, that's, that's normal, I feel like. No, not like this. Yeah, not like that. I agree. Noah. Pole. It is redemption season. That manhole cover ankle set us back. Give me Carlos Sainz with pole? the pole position. Starting in 10th place then. Exactly. He's but gonna, He's, he's going to go, win the pole. It's like, it's like the meme with Max Verstappen when he got those penalties. It would just say fastest. <laughs> exactly. So but no, I'm actually going to go in a different direction for both of you. Give me Mr. Pole himself, Charles Leclerc. <laughs> pole to win ratio. Yes. We don't need to talk about that because then Noah's going to get more mad. Sorry, but, ain't gonna worry about that. But then, but yeah, I think Charles are clear because especially since we talked about Ben, this is a track that really looks Ferrari heavy. Now, will that translate to the race? We'll find out later. But now, normal prediction time. Let's switch it. Actually, no, let's keep it the same. Ben, normal non-podium prediction. Uh, double points for two. Minnow teams in F1, if you can call them that. Uh, I believe that we will see double points for Williams and hmm. Alfa Romeo. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get out there. Um, it, it's it's still it's still too early to call really for any kind of normal prediction because of you know the lack of of actual running that we got and I, I have no way to make an informed take but I'll might as well throw it out there might as well double points for uh, Williams and Alfa Romeo they're probably going to both have a double DNF because I said that but we'll see Noah here's my thing alright this race is in America alright alright you see me you see what I'm talking about here you see what I'm talking about Give me Sir Lewis Hamilton in top six. I don't think that's not fair to guess. Yeah. Do you agree? Ben, do you, do you agree? I, I don't think it's that The hard guy from Fortnite? With. Yeah. The guy from, the guy from Jesus from Christ. <laughs> the new guy from Fortnite, Lewis Hamilton, getting a cosmetic at Fortnite. Battle Why? Royale, along with Roscoe. I'm getting the Roscoe back bling. Wow. Why? Why? Why are we putting this stuff in Fortnite? It's, I take back in, everything I said about earlier about having a good show. I, I don't care anymore about that. Take them out of Fortnite, please. We're introducing kids to F one. Why are we acknowledging this? Because it's news, and we discussed the news. It's not news. It's formula. Is it about Formula One? Yeah. It's news. Yeah. 
But um, I like Noah's kind of prediction with the way he's thinking. But I'm gonna go with a normal prediction. I think give me some, give me at least one point score for Haas. Okay. That was an interesting tone of voice there, Ben. Word. Yeah. Love I think to it, see it. I think it could happen. I mean, we've seen crazy things happen. I'm interested to see like kind of how like the first like race goes through there and just like how overtaking stuff is. But yeah, we'll see. But now it's time for our crazy, insane prediction, Ben. Oh boy. Um All right. I expect to see one or both McLarens out of the points. Both. Mm. Call me a hater, but I don't think they got it this weekend. I don't know why. Something's just telling me. Something's just telling me, man. I'm getting a lot of nervous energy from even thinking about McLaren out on the track. I'm not sure why, but we'll see. Also, uh, give me m- ten brake lockups. Count them. Count them. Ten. Ten. Between qualifying and the race, it's gonna be cold. Yeah, it's gonna be cold, and there's a long straight and a very, very hard left. It's start. not. It's not a freeze warning on Vegas. Not yet. It's gonna uh, be though Saturday when Auburn takes on the New Mexico State, whatever they're called. I forgot to. Oh it's boy, like that's Aggies or me. something. Yeah. All right, Noah. All right. Well, you boys love know I love this country, uh, of the United yeah, States of America, and they're going to be in Las Vegas, one of the pillars of American culture. Mm-hmm. Another pillar of American culture is winning, that is and true. that's why Logan Sargent is going to win the loss. No, I'm kidding. Well, um, lost. I do think though that Logan Sargent will be in the top seven, which I don't think is too crazy. No, that'd be cool. I'd like to see that. Um, Ka-ka! Speaking of America, we're going to talk about a country with a certain fl- colors on their flag, for my prediction. Oh, what? The French. The two French Ooh. boys. Boo! Double points, Alpine. Ain't no way. Ain't no why. Why would you do this? Because I want to see the race get interesting. And whenever I do that, and it gets interesting. So, double points for Alpine is mine. And give me one of the Middle East in the top six. Yeah, we're getting crazy with it. Crazy with it. But now, it is finally time for our poll, uh, for our predictions for the race on the podium. So, Ben, we know that drill. P3, P2, and P1. Um, Well, I'm kind of here... Sitting at, at a crossroads, we could have something totally unexpected happen, or we could have the most dominant win by a certain driver that you've probably ever witnessed. One or the other. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh, I'll get. It. I'll, I'll say something. Uh, I hope so. You're on a radio show. I know. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm stammering. You can't, you can't I'm do... stammering to think through my my opinion considering my McLaren prediction, and I have to be consistent. So I'll say Verstappen P1, uh, Leclerc P2, Perez P3. All right, now we're going on to mine. I'm going to grab the microphone because this is going to be good, folks. According to Wikipedia, 1946, uh, Bugsy Siegel found an opportunity to reinvent his personal image and diversify into a legitimate business with William R. Wilkerson Flamingo Hotel. If you do not know the story of the Flamingo Hotel, it was one of the first casinos in Las Vegas, one of the more famous ones, and it was started by the mob. 
The mob, of course, has a rich history in Las Vegas, and that's why this Saturday there is going to be a mob of Ferrari fans rushing the track as we're going to have P3 Max Verstappen, P2 Charles Leclerc, and P1 coming all the way back from the manhole, Carlos Sainz. With oh. the 10-place grid penalty? He's going to make it up. Don't worry. Okay. Wow. And then the this, FIA is going to take it away from us for some reason. This has been an interesting one because I've usually gone to the well of McLaren these past couple weeks. especially. But now this one's just not looking like it could be good. But then Ferrari's good, but I don't know how good they're going to be. So, P3. Sir Lewis Hamilton. Hmm. P2. Max Verstappen, P1, Mr. Charles Leclerc. I'm riding with Noah. We're going with the Prince yeah! No, I Imagine a show where I pick Charles Leclerc and Noah does not pick him to finish first. Wow. Well, I have to go with the storyline here, kid. You do have to go with the storyline. Well, the script writers are off strike, so you it's, do have to follow that. It's a show, baby. It is a show. And with that, that will do it for this episode of Smooth Opera. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. If, if you missed any of today's show, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform later on today. Follow us on Twitter if you do feel so inclined, at SMOP Podcast. And until next time, for Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, I'm Grace Wengberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. We'll see you in two weeks because we have Thanksgiving next week. Have a great Thanksgiving moment. Happy Thanksgiving from your friends at Smooth Operators and War Eagle.